And I don't know, it's like putting it These things are everywhere. Faith, what are one of those sounds? I'm trying to sleep. You live here? The studio? Well, yeah, where else would I live? Who are these jokers? Um, it's ZLM. ZLM? Zombie Lives Matter. Oh. Hey, look, they brought snacks with them. What is that, cauliflower? I think it's... Brains! Oh, that's just gross. Hey, get a life, you zombies. Faith, how are they going to get a life when they're already dead? Undead sons of bitches. Cue the music. It's time for the late night fright. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very reanimated co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. We would like to welcome all of you from wherever you are, whatever part of the country, whatever part of the world you're tuning in from. We would also like to welcome any interstellar travelers, astral travelers, or alien envoys who may be tuning in or... In the studio with us, right, Faith? That's right. <laughs> Hello, welcome, one and all. We would also like to welcome the zombie horde right outside of the studio. They are marching in the streets of Cozy Corner. That is ZLM, Faith. Yeah. ZLM. Zombie Lives Matter. That's right. Uh, we have a message from the leader of the ZLM. I think we should play that now, Faith. Yes, we Would should. you like to hear it? Yes. Have you heard it? I don't. I don't think I. I have. haven't heard it either. They just slid this across the desk okay, to us. So let's here we go. It. This is a special message from the leader of the ZLM protest that's happening right outside on the streets of Cozy Corner. Here you go. Faith, do you speak zombie? I am not a zombie translator, no. I don't, I don't speak zombie either. Uh, we're going to work on getting someone to translate that for yeah. us before the night is out. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're not just here to spotlight zombie protests. We have a movie to do. <laughs> we do horror movies here on the show. Tonight's film comes to us from Dan O'Bannon, born Daniel Thomas O'Bannon. What do you think, Faith? Is that Irish? I think it could be. I think it might be Irish. <laughs> He worked with John Carpenter on his 1974 debut film, Dark Star. He was a writer, editor, and actor on that film, as well as contributing to the special effects. Are you ready for this list of credits, Faith? Yes, I am. He did computer animation and model work for the original Star Wars film in 1977. Not too bad, huh? Not too bad. He wrote 1981's Dead and Buried, which features a performance from the man of your dreams, Robert England. Ooh, mm. pre-Fred Chuck. The 1983 action thriller Blue Thunder starring Roy Scheider from Jaws and Candy Clark from American Graffiti. I mention Candy Clark because I love it anytime I get to mention Candy Clark. She was an Oscar nominee for American Graffiti. She was the only member of the cast nominated for an Academy Award. You love her in that. I don't think I knew that. Yes, I do love her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She That's she was awesome. amazing. Um he, let's see, the 1985 film Life Force, directed by Tobe Hooper. Now, did we ever come to an agreement? Is it Tobe or Toby? Because it's spelled with an E. I have no idea. I don't either. I think we had this conversation <laughs> when we did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe we should ask him ourselves. Well, he's, he, he left us, so maybe we can I have know, a seance. <laughs> Uh, let's see. He also did a uh, poltergeist. Uh, so the film life force is going to play into the history of tonight's movie pretty significantly. The 1986 sci-fi horror film invaders from Mars, also from Tope or Toby Hooper. He adapted the 1966 Philip K. Dick story. We can remember it for you wholesale into the big 1990 hit movie. Total recall for director Paul Verhoeven and star Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do it, Faith. Do your best Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. That, that's, that's, that's it good. was pretty terrible. Let's see. Uh, Dan O'Bannon contributed stories to the 1981 animated fantasy film Heavy Metal that is based on the magazine of the same name. 
but he is best remembered and will forever be remembered for having conjured up a film that had the working title Star Beast, a film that was pitched as Jaws in Space, Faith, <laughs> a film that was directed by Ridley Scott and launched the career of Sigourney Weaver. What movie was that, Faith? Alien. It's a pretty good movie. He's also going to be remembered for the film we're talking about tonight. (laughs) What have we got on the menu tonight? We have The Return of the Living Dead. This film features performances from Clue Gulliger in his first horror film later in 1985, the year this came out. He would appear in another horror film, one we covered here on the show, A Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Revenge, a film we we like parts of. Mm Mm-hmm. Parts of it. Uh, James Karen is in this film. Don Calfa, Tom Matthews, Beverly Randolph, Miguel Nunez, John Philbin, Jewel Shepard, and one of the great B-movie screamers of all time, Miss Linnea Quigley, star of such films as Creepazoids, Nightmare Sisters, and one of my personal favorites, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. <laughs> what do you think about that, Faith? Those sounds so interesting. <laughs> So this film was originally intended for Tobe Hooper, but when he left to make Life Force, Mr. O'Bannon was offered the director's chair, which he accepted. The script is by him from a story by John A. Russo. We're going to get into him as we get into the film. Return of the Living Dead was a critical and financial success. It is described as a mordant punk comedy. We're going to see what we think of that as we get into it. It was released on August 16th, 1985. You know what that means, Faith? It's time for the Wayback Machine, right? Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Buckle up. Here we go. Like we have successfully crossed the time space barrier, Faith. I think so. I think Back we here have. On August 16th, 1985, <laughs> the President of the United States was Ronald Reagan. The Prime Minister of the UK was Margaret Thatcher. Hello to all of our friends over there in the United Kingdom. The Pope of the Roman Catholic Church was John Paul II. And I'm not going to say that they were all members in good standing of the cabal that secretly runs the world. I'm not going to say it this way. Yeah, I didn't hear it. No, you didn't hear it. All right, Faith, let's do this. What was the number one film in the country? Number one film was Back to the Future. Absolute classic, right? Oh, yes. What was the number one television show in the U.S., Faith? The Cosby Show. Can we say his name? I don't know. I was just thinking. (laughs) From now on, it will be known as the Jell-O Puddin' Pop Guy Show. There you go. (laughs) Oh, my Jell-O Puddin'. That was more Fat Albert. That was close enough. <laughs> what was the number one song in the U.S., Faith? Shout from Tears for Fears. That's a good song. That was a great song. Do you know what the number two song was? I don't know. What was it? The Power of Love by Huey Lewis oh, and the okay. News. It's a good song, too. From the number one film at that time. <laughs> and uh, in the United Kingdom, Faith, what was the number one song? Into the Groove from Madonna. And coincidentally, on this date in August, of August night. August 16th, 1985. There you go. (laughs) I didn't have two things on my brain. I had three things working simultaneously. So August 16th, 1985 also is her birthday. And on that day, she wed Sean Penn. On her 27th birthday, Madonna married Sean Penn. Let that sink into your brains out there. If you're too young to remember this, you think Harry and Meghan are tabloid fodder? Sean Penn and Madonna were absolute tabloid fodder. I think he was yelling at the helicopters, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think it. I think it lasted a year, maybe. Yeah, something, something like, or maybe six months. I don't know. That just seems like uh, a powder keg sitting on a stack of dynamite with gasoline in a gasoline lake with two lit matches hanging out. <laughs> yes, it does. There you go. There you go. All right. So that is what was going on in the world the date that Return of the Living Dead came out. Faith, tonight we've got zombies. We don't really have a whole lot of brains between the two of us, but we do have some swagger, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. What time is it, Faith? It's time for the late night fright. I am Dan. And I'm Faith. Cue the music. We will see you on the other side. Listen to them. Children of the night, what music they make.
Poobah. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it, flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths, heaving. This is God. You want some of this new Cool Whip topping? Later, pile. I'm getting in shape in case our Cool Whip contest winner's a girl. Anybody can win a trip to Hollywood and a guest appearance on the show. With us? Yeah. What a prize. Just send your name and address on the side label or write the words Cool Whip on a piece of paper. Get full details at your grocer's freezer. Over a thousand other prizes, too. Cool Whip. Mmm. Pile! Pile! <laughs> It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history. With interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980, nearly 2,000 families today will buy new homes, more than at any time in the past four years. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married. And with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? You can own the legendary cult classic, Heavy Metal. Travel to worlds of awesome beauty, erotic fantasy, and terrifying evil. Heavy Metal has been completely remastered in VHX with head-banging music from some of the greatest bands ever. Oh, wow. This journey to the incredible includes spectacular, never-before-seen footage. Help me! For the first time on home video, Heavy Metal. In limited edition collector's packaging, it's louder and nastier than ever. Buy it wherever video cassettes are sold. It only takes a careless moment to turn this into this. Don't let forest fires be your fault. Make sure your fire is dead out. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. I'm feeling good tonight, Faith. I am too. I think it might have something to do with the coffee we're drinking. Yes. It might have something to do with the music we were listening to on the mm -hmm. way in to do the show tonight. We rode in together and we were listening to Sam and Dave. They were on, uh, well, they were on the Atlantic record, but they recorded at Stack Studios in Memphis. And this is in the heyday of the Stacks Volt movement. If you're not familiar with that uh, with that movement in that section and time period of music, you really need to get hip to it because that music will change your life, it will save your life, and it will continue to change and save your life as you go through all the changes of life. It is just absolutely amazing music, and I want to say this at the out outset. Uh, I love Otis Redding. I do. I love Otis Redding, but for me, Sam and Dave, that the Booker T and the MGs and all those guys, they never sounded finer than they did on those uh, Sam and Dave records and all those songs written by Isaac Hayes yeah. and David Porter. We were having a good time on the way in, weren't we? Yes. It just makes you feel good, doesn't <laughs> it? It does. It's just such, I don't know, it just puts you in a good mood, good place. <laughs> it really does. Puts you in a really good place to talk about a zombie movie, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a zombie movie. Let's get the uh, pertinent information out of the way. Zombie is a relatively new word in our English vocabulary, being first recorded in 1819. I guess that counts as relatively new, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember that. So, so vividly. It's uh, West African in origin. 
The first zombie film is White Zombie from 1932. It stars one of our favorites here on The Late Night Fright, Bella Lugosi. Sometimes magic is involved in the raising of the dead, but as we have moved more into this scientific age, we find ourselves in it as science that is responsible for the creation of The Walking Dead. In recent years, zombies have been all the rage with shows like The Walking Dead on AMC and big budget films like World War Z with one of our other favorites, Brad Pitt. Mm Mm-hmm. And we should note that is Oscar winner Brad Pitt. Yes. Yes. John A. Russo, who got a story credit on this, wrote a novel called Return of the Living Dead. He also co-wrote a little film called Night of the Living Dead with George A. Romero. They parted ways over how to handle sequels to that landmark film. The settlement said Romero could use the moniker of dead for his films and Russo got to use living dead. The original novel and script this film is based on was a lot darker in tone, more like Night of the Living Dead. And as a professional courtesy to George Romero and with Russo's blessing, Dan O'Bannon rewrote it to be more darkly comedic. He said he just didn't want to swim in Romero's pond. Mm -hmm. He says he does his thing better than anybody. Didn't want to try and do that. We want to do something different with it. This is the first zombie entertainment to feature them eating brains, so it's historically significant. And I learned it's also the first to feature them moving quickly, to hmm. be to be running. Very cool. So there you go. That is the pertinent information. Whether or not you out there find it pertinent, I, I don't know. We needed to get that out <laughs> of the way so we could talk about this movie properly. Let's get into it, Faith. Return of the Living Dead. What did you think of this? And this was a first-time watch for both of us. So yes. we went into this cold, and uh, this is going to be fun to see see where we land on this. What did you think of it? <laughs> I liked this more than I thought I would, actually. <laughs> this, is, this was really entertaining and pretty funny for the most part. And like creepy, but not, you know, nightmare creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me, I want to go back. I am not really a fan of zombies. I never really have been myself. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the creature. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of the genre. It's, it's not my go-to yeah, my for neither. things like this. Now, with that said, zombies feature prominently in some of our favorite bits of horror Frankenstein <laughs> with the reanimation. You, know, you could say that's, that's mm-hmm. a zombie, but but the the popular view of the zombie, I'm just I'm not a big fan of that. I think the zombie, and if you're out there listening and you have a different uh, perspective on this, you know, forgive me, but I, I think there's only so much you can do with the zombie. Mm-hmm. I think the zombie usually works best as a stand-in for society. And I think there's only so many ways that you can say society is screwed, that people are stupid. You know, you know what I mean? Like, for me, that's how they work best if you're going to make a bigger point with them. Now, with that being said, I first saw Night of the Living Dead in its entirety, I want to say more recently than than further in the past. Like, I want to say like 10, 12 years ago, like I saw it for the first time. I bought it because it's in the public domain. And uh, I got it. I was at Walmart one night. It was in the set, like 15 horror movies, $2, you know, <laughs> that's right. $2 and you get all of these movies. Some of them were pretty good. Some of them were not, not so very much. good, but Night of the Living Dead was in that set and was part of the reason why I bought it. And I took it home. This movie's in black and white filmed on a shoestring budget. We need to do this on, on the show mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Uh, but I watched this movie by myself at around eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And it scared me. It really did. It terrified me because of the way it was shot. And because of the, the, the terror mm-hmm. in the film, and it wasn't the zombie so much as the situation, but so zombies are part of what I consider to be one of the greatest horror films ever made. Someone argue maybe the greatest horror film ever made right. is not living dead. So I, I do have respect for the genre and, They've done some really, really wonderful things. I know Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. I I know how great these films are. They just are not my thing. Right. No, I'm the same way. They're never the type of movie that I just kind of seek out, you know. Yeah. I love this. Right. I love this because (laughs) it didn't feel like what we're getting these days in the zombie entertainment, which is The Walking Dead, which Mm -hmm. is what is, you know, the the popular zombie go-to these days. Uh, I love the first season of The Walking Dead, which I think is six or eight episodes, if if I'm if I'm correct. It's not sure. a huge, <laughs> a huge season, mm-hmm. but uh, I love that first episode. The the first season, they're uh, drawing heavily on the uh, 
George Romero mm -hmm. uh, vibe. Frank Darabont, who did uh, some of the best Stephen King adaptations, was there for that. And then he left because they had fallen out about the direction of the show. But I really liked that first season. The second and third seasons were okay. And then around season four, I'm out. I, uh, again, I think there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. With that, yeah, the zombies are a stand-in for society and people are awful. I get it. I get it. And there's only so much of that you can, I think you can take yeah. after a while. But uh, this was so refreshing to me. It really was. Me. And it's a movie that is 35 years old at the time of this recording and played so fresh. It really did. It really, <laughs> it really did. Played fresh. So it is marketed as a horror comedy. It's called a mordantly punk film what did you think of the comedic elements in this? I mean, they were my favorite parts of the movie. And I mean, I don't think I was like laughing out loud on the floor, you know, in hysterics. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it just, the comedy fit with this movie so well. I think with the zombies, I like that it wasn't too heavy or too dark. I think it was like the perfect mix. It, it was, and, and it was the perfect style of comedy mm -hmm. too. It was, uh. There were some physical gags. There were some mm -hmm. verbal gags. It was, it was a little bit of everything, but it I feel like it was more in vein of uh, something like Airplane or The Naked Gun, you know, mm -hmm. uh, something that in this movie is really riding the line of spoof. It doesn't turn outright in the spoof because there's enough terror in it. Right. And, and, you know, in exciting situations. And um, the stakes feel real mm -hmm. for it to be an out and out spoof of the genre. But it's also got that little manic spark. In it, you know, in its eye, you know, uh -huh. and uh, it's as serious as some of this is, it's hard to take some of it seriously. And I think, I think it's just a real kick in the ass to watch this. It's a fun movie to watch. And I, I don't know what this says about me. I plugged very quickly into the dark humor of this I did too. and, and was giggling at things that you probably wouldn't usually giggle, wouldn't usually giggle at. Yeah. Um, you can almost, um, there's the thing with, with Tarantino films where the violence is stylized so mm -hmm. much and it's cartoonish. And some of this here is so stylized <laughs> and cartoonish. Like when they uh, descend on the policemen who show up, they just, they just, you know, descend on that car and start eating yes. him, you know, and then like, send more police, <laughs> you know, which was, which was wonderful. But uh, I think what put this movie over the top for me was that it was very gallows type. Mm -hmm. dark humor mm -hmm. you know exactly i think it would have been fine as a zombie film but as i said having seen night of the living dead which again to me is the greatest zombie film you mm -hmm. know of them all and it's people trapped in in a location the same thing you got people trapped in a location so it's 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 all the same beats but this is funny right <laughs> you know and terrifying and, the, and these effects and makeup effects are are wonderful so we talked uh, last week, if you listened to the show last week, we talked about Bob Wilkins. He was the host of Creature Features in the Bay Area from, I believe, 70, 69 maybe to 81. And uh, then John Stanley took over that show in 1981 till about 1984. John Stanley wrote a book called Creature Features, which is basically a huge, uh, they call it the science fiction fantasy and horror movie God. If you don't have this book, I highly recommend it. Faith, we were flipping through this. We just got a copy in, and uh, this is this is a Bible. For, yeah, I for kinda these kind of wanted to read all of it. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's very short, uh, concise reviews. Uh, I wanted to read Mr. Stanley's review of uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, he grades on a five-star system. He gave this film uh, three stars. Let me uh, read this, and we'll kind of jump off from here. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, author of Alien and Dead and Buried, makes his directorial debut with this spinoff from Night of the Living Dead and spoofs the genre without sacrificing shocks, making this superior black comedy horror. O'Bannon also scripted. In a warehouse for the world's oddities are U.S. military canisters, canisters rumored to contain corpses inflicted with a plague from space. There are references to George Romero's 1967 movie. A malfunction frees a corpse and causes a toxic rain to fall on Resurrection Cemetery. Next, the walking dead are everywhere. Absolutely hysterical if you have a morbid sense of humor. With thrills in the Romero tradition, O'Bannon is to be commended. And thanks goes to Clue Gulliger, James Karen, Beverly Randolph, Tom Matthews, and Don Calfa for giving verisimilitude to the wild woolly fun. I agree with that assessment 
absolutely completely. Yeah, I couldn't agree uh, more. Those those cast members in particular, I think, do give verisimilitude. It's where we talked about with Richard Donner's Superman movie quite a bit. He mm-hmm. said, you know, as outlandish as this is, you know, you know ground this. And I think they do a great job of grounding it too. Yeah. Um, it, it's like I said, it never runs off the rails. No, in, that... into slapstick zany. Right. Ha ha. That's what I liked about the movie. I liked the way it flowed. I liked the way the story was, and it didn't seem like. That doesn't make any let's sense. Get, let's, get <laughs> in, let's get into the story here because uh, he brings up a good point. It's a very concise story. It takes place uh, not even over a full day. Um, there's a wonderful sense of anarchy in this that I want to talk about, too. I, I like the anarchy in this quite a bit. But um, it, it starts off innocently enough with a guy getting a job at a warehouse. And James Karen, who I think might be my favorite performance in this film, he just... <laughs> It, there was just something very magical about him. He was nominated for the Saturn Award. Uh, Is this Frank? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he just <laughs> showed up to play, didn't he? I know he did. And uh, he was he was my favorite cast member mm-hmm. in this. There was something so just funny. I love the whole setup of this. Yeah. Uh, I love that they acknowledge Romero's world. They they acknowledge mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead. And they say, oh, that's that's a fantastical feature. This is what really happened. So they're saying that it did, quote unquote, happen, but it didn't happen that way. So with love and appreciation of George Romero. Right. (laughs) And uh, but I love that they have these canisters in the in the bottom of the basement. I love (laughs) that it happened so innocently. This this thing, (laughs) this this thing. What did you think of the setup for this? Because it really it it hinges on James Karen's Frank trying to uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for to impress Freddie, the mm-hmm. young guy, and they end up hell, hell, just <laughs> living hell breaks loose. No, I, I loved it. I loved how you know he's sitting there telling him the story, and it's like, oh, this it's a true story, but it's not really what happened. And I like how it how it played out into them going straight into the basement and passing out, and just how yeah. it played. I, like I, th- I think it makes sense if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> What I like about the movie, the, you said the flow of this. I love the flow. Mm-hmm. Like they get infected, and then it reanimates the corpse that they have at this medical supply warehouse. Mm-hmm. Unita, Unita, mm-hmm. I love it. Unita, yep. Unita. And uh, so then they kill that, and then they bring it to the mortuary uh, to the guy who may or may not be a Nazi. <laughs> he, he was a Nazi <laughs> in the original script. It's kind of played down a little bit, and uh, played by Don Calfa. And so then they burn it in the incinerator, but it's the smoke going up into the atmosphere. Yeah with the chemical and then the rain comes and it reanimates the, uh, the cemetery. And later we will see it reanimates. This happens all over the world. Mm -hmm. Anarchy. We're going to get into the anarchy of this in a second, but uh, I I love the setup because the setup is plausible as out there as this is. It's plausible. It works within the framework of the story. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's it's not a story. Like how would that ever happen? You know, I was like, okay, I actually could, I could buy this. (laughs) Totally. Then we we meet our punks. Mm-hmm. We meet our punks. Uh, they call this a mordantly punk comedy. Uh, literal punks in this movie. <laughs> what did you think of the youth of America in this movie? They were interesting, to say the least. <laughs> I keep using this word anarchy. The the anarchy comes from them, really, and it's these uh, these kids who uh, conform within their group. Isn't that one of the great? We've talked about this before. Groups of people who, oh, I'm a nonconformist. You ever notice like so many nonconformists mm-hmm. all look alike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, is that not one of the great ironies of life? Right. Is that not one of the ironies of life that make this worth living? I know. To sit back <laughs> and enjoy that show. Oh, I am so not like everybody else. But when you see somebody who who is part of a, a, a quote unquote group, you know, it's like, oh, there. Yeah, you're 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 in a grunge band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, We're, and no judging. No judge, no? but but uh, no, I love that they all kind of look alike, you know. <laughs> I love that they all kind of look, but they're these nonconformists, you uh-huh. know. But uh, they seem to be, and there is a little bit of depth here. I think that it's not thrown in your face, but they seem to be really disillusioned, yeah, with with the world. And let's appreciate now, Faith. This is might go past you because I know you, but some of our listeners out there who enjoy the scary movies and uh, maybe maybe look at life a little differently, kind of like we do. But uh, let's appreciate the fact that they go play. They go play in graveyards. This is what they do. This is how they get their kicks to pass the time. Is going play in graveyards. And Linnea Quigley as trash has this whole spiel about being dead and thinking about dying. You know, because in the mid '80s, this is something that doesn't get. I was thinking this as I was watching, it, and it comes around in the end. And there's going to be a spoiler here if you haven't seen this. 
I was thinking, you know, these kids are living in constant fear of the bomb because I'm looking at these kids and they look like nuclear wasteoids. <laughs> then, then they look like just survivors of yes. the of the nuclear holocaust, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, they really, really did. <laughs> and so that was something that was going through my brain. And this movie ends up with a nuclear blast, mm-hmm. and we were living in fear of it from the Russians at that time. You know, mm-hmm. there was, and they call it MAD, M-A-D, mutually assured destruction. So these kids are living under the fear. Of death every day. So yeah, why wouldn't they be preoccupied with death? You know? Right. And what I loved about it is how sublime it is. And I I don't know if he if he uh intended to do this, but it's one of these things the eighties were such at the time as a kid, I was a kid during the eighties, but there was this kind of sense of optimism. You had the cheeriness of Ronald Reagan, you know, mm-hmm. you had um there was this, uh, you're coming out of the seventies, which were kind of dark and bleak. And then here you come into the eighties and sunny and optimistic and things are hopeful, you know, and it's morning in America. We're moving in this bright new future. Right. And there are people who can always see behind the curtain, you know, as it is like in the wizard mm-hmm. of Oz, pull back the curtain, you know, was it really, you know, there's always, <laughs> and, and society needs these people sitting in the back seat. and con- George Carlin comes to mind, you know, but uh, they don't seem to have gotten the memo about the <laughs> sunny new optimism. No, you know. <laughs> they don't seem like they have. What do you think about the punks? Because I think the punks are very central to to the understanding of this film. Yeah, I agree. And I, didn't, I honestly didn't even think about that with the with the bomb and stuff at first. But I can see that now that you're, you know, putting it into my brain. I can definitely see that. But yeah, I mean, I think that. I don't know, they were, I don't know, honestly, what I really thought about them for a while until kind of midway in the movie. You know what I mean? At, at, at first, I'm kind of yeah. like, what are they going to be? Why are they so bold or yeah. different? <laughs> yeah. I mean, going and dancing naked in the graveyard. Right. I was know? a little. And, and, and it, it is a little weird, <laughs> but it's also kind of funny and, and sad and tragic and and uh, Linnea Quigley, uh, who just can't seem to keep her clothes on anyway. Did you read any of the trivia on this movie? Yes, did I you did. read about the vaginal uh, yes. uh, cod piece? Yes. As it is, that's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> they uh, so the short of it is, so she, she had a bush. Yeah, but they said they she, couldn't have a bush on. She TV, did the dance, so they shaved it off. But then it said it looked even more stupid, so they yeah. built her a like g-string thong looking thing to cover, to cover her the, pubic the naughty area. the naughty bits. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, why'd you get her to shave the bush off? I mean, <laughs> Come on, man. I'm no scientist, but I know anatomy. <laughs> Damn producer. It was the producer that, that told them to do yeah, that. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, I wonder uh, what the decision to dance naked, though, was about. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think maybe, too, that was foreshadowing because she was talking about, you know, having old men clawing at her. But Maybe. Because, see, that's at first I was like, what? Like, they're strange. <laughs> it's Linnea Quigley. She has to take her clothes off and everything. <laughs> like, I think it's in her contract. I guess but, um, so. No, I, I, I do think that they are absolutely integral to, to understanding the story. I think there is a deeper thing going on here. And, yeah. this, and like I said, it's this blissful kind of anarchy happening over this, which is why even I think the the movie itself, the horror movie, isn't even taken seriously because there's this <laughs> other thing out there, you know, this mutually assured destruction hanging over yeah. all of us. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. I, I, I love what it's doing. I love this punk aspect of it, the anarchy. I, I love the gleeful way in which the music kicks up when the rain starts and they start coming up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, let's party. You know, and <laughs> and um, the zombies. What did you think of the zombies here? Because as I said, this is the first film that uh, has them eating brains. Uh, Romero would get credit for that. He says, "No, that wasn't me." <laughs> like because it's this movie, <laughs> and uh, they also run very mm-hmm. fast in this and they speak yes. as well which is something that completely took me by surprise again i'm not a connoisseur of the of the zombie genre so i, I don't know I if don't, they've sp- I don't, spoken i don't in think i've things. ever heard them speak though <laughs> yeah so what did you think of the zombies in this film and specifically those three three things let me there. add something first to it first off i think and let's see if you agree with me i feel like they actually had a personality <laughs> they did didn't unlike they? like when you're watching the walking dead no offense to that they're just all kind of there yeah. They'll just move in and yeah. whatever, moaning and groaning. But I feel like these actually were like people. Well, they had purpose too. Yeah. And it was like, I really actually like these zombies. Like, I didn't feel like it was over zombified. Because, like I said, like we both said, I'm not a huge zombie not, yeah. fan. So I feel like them having a personality, them talking, 
I actually kind of liked. I kind of liked that they could like communicate. Yeah. But the, they were so still like brains, brains, brains. The brains thing, them eating the brains didn't affect me one way or the other because, I mean, it's so ingrained now. Mm-hmm. In, you know, brains. You know. But I liked how the little corpse was talking about how it gives her. And that's what I was going to ask you. What did you think about the, the, the reason for eating the brains? I liked it. I thought it was, I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> what she said, it gives her power or. Yeah, it takes the pain pain away. away. That's right. Yeah. And so I thought it was interesting that they were kind of fully formed Mm -hmm. things. Right. You know, it was was interesting. I I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't either. Uh, And I love that they moved fast. And that was a point Mm -hmm. of contention with the producers. They wanted the lumbering, uh, you know, zombies. I think that's what makes it more terrifying trying to get out is that. I'll say this. (laughs) uh, One of the parts when they ran out of the, uh, they were going to the car. They were Mm going to get to the police police car. car. And they took off, and these zombies take off after um, yes. Clue Gallagher and uh, Spider. Spider, yes, uh, Miguel Nunez, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Uh, and they take off after him. That actually got me because I was not expecting the speed from them. I know. <laughs> and and it was like you know Jim Brown, you know, like with the football, like uh, yeah, down set, <laughs> like and, and he was he was after him, and it was. It was scary. It, it, it really it was, was. It was creepy. It was you were really almost creepy. like watching, like oh my god, go, like move, go, go back inside. Yeah. 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 Uh, what did you think about the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it the claustrophobic aspect of this, everybody being trapped in the uh, in the house. That's a callback to uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. There's also a nice callback with the character of Spider, who is black, because Night of the Living Dead famously had a black lead. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing a nice homage back to it mm-hmm. here. And uh, he was actually my favorite of the punks because he, was, he was the one... To me, who seemed level-headed, you know, uh, level-headed, and hey, we need <laughs> we need a plan. <laughs> Let's get a plan, and wasn't off of the rails mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I thought that uh, he gave a really great. It was a great performance too, and it was it was the most level-headed because you had the two funny older guys mm-hmm. and Freddie going on, you know. Yeah. And here comes this 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 level-headed punk mm-hmm. who's just trying to get take care of business. Let's <laughs> let's let's get out of here, you know. Exactly. So, um. What was your question? I forgot. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the claustrophobic nature, the, the the being shut in in the one that, location? That's where the fear and terror, I think, comes for me because I don't personally like that feeling. So, you know, watching these people in, in tight quarters and trying to figure out technically, like, how to escape, you know, that that's where the yeah. terror comes from. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, watching Night of the Living Dead 10 or 12 years ago when I did for the first for the first time, it it scared me. It mm-hmm. really bothered me. Yeah. And, and it was, I can see why. it was the claustrophobic <laughs> nature because mm-hmm. that, and we, we are going to get to that movie hopefully sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. Cause we need to get to Romero. And as I said, even though I'm not a big fan of the zombie, that is a movie you just, you have to see. Right. And, and it uh, sets the template. I think it does so many things so well mm-hmm. in this genre. And it, it's one of those things. It, it's really kind of sad when you see it, it, it almost hits all of the notes, mm-hmm. you know? And so anything that comes after it feels not as fresh, right? you know, <laughs> but, um, no, it's a very good film. And I was reminded of it watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the, the way that they incorporated night of the living dead into the film? I've only seen parts of night of the living dead, but no, I mean like the, the story though. they're like, Oh, oh, oh this oh. is, I, I thought that was a, and I know he didn't want to do a Romero film, which mm-hmm. to his credit, why would you? Romero does Romero better than right. <laughs> and practically kind of invented right. the genre. Um, I I like the way they incorporated it. And so it's not a sequel sequel to the film, but it's a sequel to the film. Right. No, I, I loved it. And I didn't expect it to be kind of tied in that way, you know, yeah. but I was like, that's actually kind of clever that they're actually talking about the movie in this movie. You know, I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, this also kind of sort of reminded me of the community episode, the Halloween episode, oh, yes. where where <laughs> they uh, there is some tainted uh, uh, taco meat rations, yes. I believe, and there's the they have to the phone number to call the army. They have the phone number on the canister to call the army, which which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I didn't even think of that, but <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking of it. Uh, what did you think? Uh, of Clue uh, Gulaga. I don't. I, I never know how to say his name. Clue Gulaga. 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 Yes. Yes. Um, I, I really liked him. 
Bert? they wanted is yes, Bert? yeah, yes. Bert. They wanted Leslie Nielsen, and I could. And when I read that, I went, "Oh my God, that would have been perfect." But he wanted a little too much money. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a great performance. I thought he, watching yeah. him unravel as this movie goes on mm-hmm. was was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I, I liked him. I really liked the whole cast for the most part. I think so, really good cast. Yeah, I think everybody it was you know a plus. I think Freddie turning into you know the undead. I great. think he did so good. I mean that everybody. Yeah, the bartering, the bartering <laughs> aspect of that. Yeah, it was so great. Baby, let me in. Oh, I hurt my hand. Let me in. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Don Calfa really for me was just hysterical that bleached blonde hair and <laughs> and uh he just got scuzzy came to mind with him <laughs> and he was written as a nazi in the script mm-hmm. and and i love that there's a lo- allusions to it but yeah. it, it never <laughs> never really quite come right out and say it no but I, I enjoyed it we talked about the comedy we talked about the claustrophobic mm-hmm. nature of it what about the horrific nature of this uh what do you think of this as a horror film I mean, I do think it's a horror film in the way of, you know, people eating each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, how can it not it be? Was, it was pretty hardcore for the most part. It really I was. Thought. I mean, I don't, like you said, in the beginning, we didn't have a lot of brains. But yeah. I don't really think that you needed them necessarily. You know, like to see them. Yeah. I think they, they tread the attacked. line. They, they, they tread the line really well. Yeah, I mean. The makeup in this is phenomenal. The effects in makeup. Yeah, but I, I mean, all the attack scenes, all the blood, I think it was well done. I liked all of I it. I loved it, yeah. Did you have a favorite uh, moment out of this? I, I have oh. one in particular. I have when the cadaver comes out of the uh, the icebox at the <laughs> at the medical supply, and it's the three of them, uh, Freddie, uh, James Karen, and uh, uh, Frank, is that his? Mm-hmm. Frank and uh, Ben, Bert. Bert. Bert, I'm sorry, Bert. Bert. And uh, and he puts that, uh, that pickaxe into the, uh, <laughs> into the head, and it's still going. And, oh, my God gosh it's just and them yelling at each other yes and what i loved about it is there was no music in that scene they just and they Mm -hmm. shot it from back and they just let it play it's like you're watching this happen and james karen just losing it just (laughs) crying you know know. was just i don't know he he was so good in james karen was so good in this he really was and and i wish that he would have kind of maybe lasted a little longer (laughs) you know kind of had some more stuff I don't know if I have a favorite off the top of my head because I loved all of it. Yeah, it's it, and like it's I an really, hour and a half, and it just it just goes. It really does. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, spoiler: the ending. We all die. Uh, what do you think of the ending with the uh, with the atomic bomb getting dropped on Louisville? I actually laughed out loud. Really? Why? Because it's just funny that this uh, Bert is, you know, trying to solve all these problems and every problem that he tries to solve just kind of comes back to bite him in the ass. <laughs> uh, and I think that's the M.O. of this movie. Every problem comes back to bite us in the ass. And I, and I I actually laughed at it because I went, this is the only way this movie could have ended. <laughs> no. But it's not the bomb. It's the fact that, like, after they drop the bomb, then... It goes back. It, it The cycle keeps repeating itself. Exactly. And I'm like, this is the only way this can end is with the mutually assured destruction of us all. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were like, the rains are coming and it's burning. You know, and I went, of course. And again, it's the anarchy at, at the heart of this. But uh, what is anarchy? But uh, misplaced order. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And I think there is an order to the to the chaos, too. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love what this movie said. I love that it's a good time at, at the film, at the cinema. I love that it's a good time watching a horror movie. I love that there's a, a deeper level to it. I think this, I think this is what horror movies can and should do. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I love horror and comedy together I do too. because I think that the the release that mm-hmm. we get with both of them is the same. I think so too. And and when they work well. Together, man, there's nothing. And we, American Werewolf in London, we talked about how wonderful that is. Yeah. And, and I feel like we keep saying it, at least I keep saying it so often. This is one of my favorites that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really enjoy this movie. Yes, absolutely. I'm ashamed it took me this long to watch it. I know. Uh, again, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I hope it, I don't lose horror movie credentials here, but it, it's just because I'm not a huge fan of the zombie genre. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just not. No. And, but this really, really, uh, I really love this movie. It, um, you know, we talked about American Werewolf a few weeks ago, and we said that's damn near close to the perfect horror movie. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, the look, the feel, the, 
you know, the, the lighting, everything about it. It's a monster movie. This is a monster movie. It's damn near close to perfect. It's a yeah. couple of notches under American Werewolf, mm-hmm. but it's uh, this, this is a fine movie in its own right. It and, really it, and it's and it's damn near close to being one of those perfect horror movies. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. It's got a little bit of everything that you want in it. You mm-hmm. know, creepy crawlies, monsters, you know, uh, the human condition. As it, and it really does. It, it, there is a lot of depth to this, but yeah. it's uh, it's it's hiding. It's hiding out and all this fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Uh, what do you think about the John Stanley uh, review? How do you how do you? I completely agree with his review. OK, yeah. I would I would actually go higher. Uh, he goes on the five. I would go three and a half to. Four yeah, I agree with what he said. I think stars. I would go maybe three, five. Totally. Maybe. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, th- I really liked this. I yeah, mean, me too. I know I keep saying that, but I really did have fun I did watching it. I did. See, that that's it. You just hit the nail on the head. Had you fun. had fun watching this. I had fun watching this too. Yeah. Uh, my only complaint is that we didn't watch it together. We weren't able to sit in a room together yeah. and watch because this to me seems like the kind of movie you watch with people and you have a good time mm-hmm. watching. Yep. So did we ever figure out why she's dancing naked in that graveyard? I have no idea. I don't either. Do you have anything you would like to add about Return of the Living Dead? I think that's all. That's all I have I for right now. Yeah. Well, you say we take a break. We should. It's a news break. Yes, it is. All the fake news not fit to print, right, Faith? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned for your news break and your minute of culture. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. party was responsible for the recent California wildfires. That's just proof that if you do stupid crap, bad things will happen. Well, this week, Cozy Corner TV is going to be running a Gomer Pyle USMC marathon, and to that I say, shazam! And then it's about time. Faith, my favorite episode of the series is the one where Gomer upsets Sergeant Carter, but everything works out in the end. Which one is your favorite? I like the one where uh, Gomer upsets the Sarge. But everything works out in the end? I don't know. I didn't see the end. Well, 2020 sucks a big old turkey dong, but you know what? There's light at the end of the tunnel. Halloween this year is on a Saturday, and it's a full moon, and it's daylight savings time, so you can get an extra hour of spooky kooky time. So yeah, 2020 is a dong sucker, but it might not have a communicable disease after all. Finally, gender reveal parties are indeed stupid crap, all caps. Why does everything have to be a big production? And that is the news. Stay tuned for your Minute of Culture. I am Dan, and we'll see you on the other side of this. Creature 
back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're going to wrap up our discussion on Return of the Living Dead. Faith, do you have anything you would like to, to add about this really fun movie we talked about tonight? I'm just going to say it again. I really, really had fun watching this movie. I like it a lot. I like all the zombies for like the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, I like the punk rock soundtrack. Yes. So a lot of fun. Uh, yes. It's a great time. Watch this. Watch this with some friends. Uh, we have an update on the uh, uh, statement we got from the ZLM leader outside. Mm. We had someone here at the station translate it. I don't know who did it, so I don't know how accurate this is. But apparently, uh, what they're saying, what do you think they're saying, Faith? I don't know. They want to eat our brains, maybe. I don't you know. know. Uh, one, one would think that actually uh, they, want, uh, they want another Weekend at Bernie's movie. <laughs> well, Okay. It's not what I would have expected. Me neither. Me but if that's neither. what they want. Yeah, there it is. Well, I can't give it to you, so I don't know why I you're hanging I around here. Either. Yeah, watch the first two <laughs> and appreciate what you have. There you go. Uh, we talked about Philip K. Dick earlier, the movie Total Recall that Dan O'Bannon uh, wrote the screenplay for. You you really like Total Recall, don't you? Yes, I do. It's a good film. Uh, Philip K. Dick wrote the Valus trilogy. Uh, I read the first of this. A friend of mine is really into this. I learned this recently. Uh, some people, we talked about Gnosticism recently We uh, during the Wishmaster episode, I believe it was, and we talked about the true nature of reality. Philip K. Dick apparently dropped some real truth bombs in that hmm. of that nature in this trilogy of books, and there are Gnostic scholars who believe he was actually mainlining information from the source of everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Writing those books, like, oh. they go, wow, like, he really, and he had not read these things, and, and he was hitting some proverbial nails on there. Oh. So they That's think, interesting. So they think he was channeling something, so. Have to read uh, <laughs> The movie Alien, we talked about, I wanted to mention this, the most famous scene from that is the chest burster scene. I was reading this, uh, his partner, uh, last name Shusit, who he wrote, Dan O'Bannon wrote Alien with, they had the script, and it was a little different from what we got in the movie, but uh, the biggest problem they had was how to get the alien on the ship. Mm -hmm. And they had it, uh, you know, sneaking on and all this, and it was Shusit who said, you know what should happen? They wanted something interesting, interesting way. They mm -hmm. said, he said it should actually, like, screw one of them, <laughs> which is why then it comes on the, you know, latches onto uh -huh. the face and, and impregnates which is the most terrifying bit of all that, right? You lose kind of like the zombie thing. You lose your individuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but I wanted to add this. It was, uh, Dan O'Bannon had Crohn's disease and that's what eventually took him from us. Uh, I think a little too early. And it was his experiences with Crohn's disease. And he said, you just nailed it. That's what we're <laughs> going to do. And it's going to come out of him because his experience with Crohn's disease that he wrote that. So the chest burster scene comes from him <laughs> dealing <laughs> with that. That's very interesting. <laughs> It is kind of interesting, is. isn't it? Yeah, terrible, but, but yeah, terrible, but very interesting. Gosh, do you remember the first time you saw Alien? Yes. Did that not freak you out? It did. <laughs> How old were you when you saw that? It was a few time? years ago, not too too long ago. But I was I was like twelve. I was at a I was at a sleepover, <laughs> and uh, the guy uh, the guy's dad had asked you know, our parents, "Is it okay?" And I, Oh yeah, I and mean, you're twelve, you know, eleven, twelve years old. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, man, we sat there just, just it was like, ah, uh, <laughs> it's a rite of passage. It's pretty terrifying. It's a rite of passage, I think. It's a horror rite of passage to watch Alien, mm -hmm. especially that chest burster scene. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Return of the Living Dead, highest recommendation from me. Yes, yeah. me too. Very good. Yes. 
So it's usually at this point in the show, we tell you what we are going to be doing next week, our movie we're going to be watching. Guess what? We're not watching anything. We're not watching anything. We are doing our first ever award show here on the Late Night Front. <laughs> All of the nominees have been contacted, even the dead ones. <laughs> we're just waiting on the RSVPs. We're hoping they can. Uh, we can get them here. We have the trophies ordered. Uh, much in the vein of the Saturn Awards that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have some very fun categories, I think, and it's a celebration of our show. Yes. And we went back. The only prereq is they had it had to be a, a movie we talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. So those that's where we, we culled the list of nominees. We had a lot of fun pulling the nominees. We, yes. Uh, we may have the winners, too. So it was a it was a process though getting it was it. it was a lot actually more challenging than I than I thought it would be yeah you know so we're going to be presenting those live next week from the studio we are hoping that we get some RSVPs well I hope so we shall see yeah if we may uh, probably be a bunch of dead ones <laughs> yeah if Boris Karloff makes an appearance on the yeah, show that fine. really <laughs> would be something. Yes, our show would definitely qualify for Horror Hall of Fame then. So, as always, thank you all for your continued support out there. We hope you are staying happy, healthy, and sane during this really weird time that we find ourselves in. We talked about Bob Wilkins a few times uh, tonight in the show and his show Creature Features. The motto of that show was watch horror films, keep America strong. We mentioned that last week on the show. I might start mentioning that on every show from here on out. Watch horror movies, keep America strong. We are in election season. That is what we can do to keep America strong and ourselves very sane because we are in the thick of it at the time of this mm-hmm. recording. Uh, again, we hope you are all well out there wherever you are. Um, Hurricane Laura came through a few weeks ago and really tore up the Louisiana southwest coast and really up into Shreveport. Um, thank you all for donations that you have sent. We are going to continue to talk about this and we're going to continue to post this for a few more weeks. Uh, we have a link in the show notes about where you can donate. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that and uh, keep sending them good vibes and love. It's a mess over there. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's like a disaster. It's not like it is a disaster zone, but it's like something you see in a movie, in a movie. is what uh-huh. is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I'm not trying to make light of that. It's it's really awful, but they're going to bounce back because we've yes. done this before and they're going to bounce back. So uh, our, our thoughts and love are with them. Thank you all, though, for for um, uh, giving them a little love, though. And yes. we're going to continue to post that uh, the link for the donation uh, site there and that goes right to the good people of southwest louisiana so thank you so much for that yeah let's keep our fingers crossed for southeast louisiana we have another hurricane heading straight for southeast yes, louisiana so yes we do uh but i got a feeling we're gonna we're gonna catch a break on that one i hope it doesn't hit uh any of our our listeners out there yeah so but uh sincerely though thank you thank you for for tuning in and listening to the show and if you would like to get in touch with us you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you we would love for you to send us a voice message i'd I'd love to play some of your voices here on the show uh so please get in touch with us sounds so creepy it well it's a creepy show play your voice i want to play your voice (laughs) i want to play your voice feel free to send us obscene messages we we we, will take anything we can get at this point so you don't have a movie to watch this week just just get watch all the movies that we watched (laughs) as we get ready or Better yet, listen to all of our episodes. There you go. Listen to mm-hmm. all of our episodes. Uh, all of those are available wherever podcasts can be found. The Late Night Fright Awards. The Fridays, the first ever. Next week here on Late Night Fright. And then we'll get back to some horror movies after yes. that. Faith, you have anything you would like to add? I think I'm good. What about you? I think I am good, too. Should I try this Fonzie snap I've been working on to yes, get the yes, music to play? Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's see if it works. I have the magic touch. Good job. Another show in the books. This is a good one. I had Very a lot good. of fun doing yes. this tonight. We had a good good movie to talk about. Yes. It's, always, it's always great when you have something like this where you haven't seen it mm-hmm. and, and, and you both enjoy it. We definitely need to do some more never before seen for both of us. I think it's fun. Yeah, me too. And uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, if you're out there, check out the book Creature Features by John Stanley. That is a high recommendation. Check out Return of the Living Dead. 
And make sure to tune in next week for the Fridays. It's going to be a celebration of horror movies. Faith, let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. (laughs) Brains. (laughs) We'll see you next time.